0: and maybe I got caught up in the whole rapture thing, so I thought, why waste sunscreen? <laughs> I found out that wasn't a very good thought, so I'm pretty, pretty tender today, so I know it's been a long time. I haven't seen you for a while. You haven't seen me, and I want to embrace you just like you want to embrace me, but I ask that you will not touch my sunburn. <laughs> Amen? All right, let's just have that common mutual agreement right now that I won't touch you and you won't touch me, but will be all right. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Xenia campus today. I uh, just want to remind you that we are one church. The Riverside and Xenia campus, we're not two separate churches, but we're one church. We are an extension of this campus here at Riverside, and we need your help. We need your constant prayer support from time to time. Pop over from just to say hello to me and the Xenia team and let, let us know that we're not forgotten. Amen. I'm thinking about asking Pastor Mark if he can put my picture out there in the foyer. Just in case you forget what I look like. so It's good to be here today, and I feel like the Lord has really kind of just laid this on my heart. I really wanted to preach and talk to you about Search and Rescue and all the things about this church, of us being a missional-minded church. But as I begin to pray through that, it just wasn't coming along. And this topic, this theme that I'm going to share with you today began to kind of unfold. So I've been in this long enough to where I, I've learned that when God prompts that in my life, that I have to go with that. So that's what I'm going with today. But Search and Rescue is coming up. That will still be a a huge part of both campuses. We will start uh, June 26th. That's on a Sunday night. And pray that everybody will be involved in that as we become a mobile church. Amen? So let's pray real quick for Search and Rescue. Three simple prayers that we always pray for that event is one, that God would give us good weather. And lately, I want to tell you, (laughs) we really, really need to pray for good weather dry Sunday evenings. We always pray that God gives us good weather, that God will draw people to us, and that God would use us. Let's pray for Search and Rescue real quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this ministry opportunity, Lord, of going and being a mobile church and going and reaching the community for Jesus Christ. And Father, Lord, you know this is a huge event that we have here at the Zenia Campus, and Lord, we want to reach the community. Father, so we just pray that you will honor Lord, these prayer requests, give us good weather. Lord, help us to have those great days, Lord, that are just, the sun is shining and everything's just perfect, Lord, so we can go out and be active in the community, Father. We also pray that you would just draw people to us, Lord, every year, Father, just new faces and new people, and Lord, we thank you for that opportunity, Lord. But most important, Father, use us, Lord, use us to touch lives, help us to change people's hearts through what you're doing through this ministry. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. i got about 25, 30 minutes. i got a little bit more time at Riverside, so I'm going to have to unpack this pretty quick. So just uh, relax. I'll, I'll, I'll get her out. So I, I want to throw a question out to you today and something that I really have been kind of dealing with in my own life. And as I look at society and I look at where we're at in the world today, This question continues to stay in my mind and stays in my heart. Can can God really change us? I mean, can God really take all the messes and all the things that are going on in our individual lives and all the messes that we see in society, man? If we watch the news, we hear all the dark stories. We hear all the broken lives. We hear all the sin-driven things that are going on throughout the community. And I ask myself, can God really change this? I think about us as individual Christians, and I think about where we've been and where we're heading, and I think about all the things that sin has done, the scars and the flaws that sin has done in our life, and I have to ask the question can God really change us? Or is it one of those things where we just gotta kind of deal with the cards that we've been dealt? Is it one of those things we are who we are and we just kind of kind of deal with it and you know sin dominates our life and we continue to go in and go out of God's fellowship and we just kind of deal with the mess that we have in our life or is there a place to where God can really get a hold of our hearts and God can really transform us and God can really change us as individuals? I don't know. <laughs> As I look at the world, and, man, it just seems so dark. (laughs) And I deal with people's lives. Man, I love being a pastor, but, man, sometimes you deal with some messes, man. (laughs) You deal with people's lives that are so sin-driven and so dark, and they've made bad choices, and they're just so far away from God, man. And their mind's a mess, (laughs) and their heart's a mess. Therefore, their life's a mess. And when I begin to doubt those things, can God really change the heart of people? Can God really make the world the way he wanted it to be? Can God really redeem a sick-driven society? i got to go back to what always proves to be true. That's God's word. As I look at the world today, man, it's like a huge Jerry Springer show, man. <laughs> Don't laugh because guess what? You may be a character in that show. I mean, we're just a mess, man. There is no moral standards outside of God's Word. There's no rights and wrong. If it feels good, just do it. Can God really change us? I want to look at a story today, a very powerful story found in Acts 9. I'm not going to read this whole story. I'm just going to kind of unpack it. And kind of just let you know the brief ins and outs of what this story was about. It's about a conversion, man, of Saul. If you've been around the church for any length of time, you've heard this story. Maybe in Sunday school, maybe you've heard it uh, preached from time to time. But it's a very powerful story of someone that was so driven by hate as Saul. Saul. I mean, Saul was a persecutor of the churchmen. I he was a Pharisee, and he used the mask, mask of religion to carry out his hate, hateful-driven nature. I mean, he was on a quest to destroy all the works of God and destroy the followings of God. And I mean, he was in a mission. He was on a hot pursuit to do exactly that. Paul was on a mission. Saul was on a mission. But one day, as he was trying to carry out this mission of destroying God's church, something happened to Saul that will forever change his life, man. And as we look at this story, we know that Saul had a very powerful experience with Jesus Christ. I mean, he struck him down. He took his sight. He got his attention, and he began to hear the voice of God. And just like our life, sometimes we're so far away from God, sometimes we're so driven by our own nature, sometimes we're all so driven by our own agenda that God really has to get our attention. And that's exactly what he did in Saul's life. <laughs> Saul was blinded and now begins to follow the instructions of the voice that he once tried to silence. <laughs> the Lord sent a disciple to Paul or Saul and began to kind of tell him what his next move was and this this disciple prayed for Saul and Saul received the Holy Spirit and and as we look at this, this portion of scripture man, this story is so amazing something happened to Saul Saul was changed did you hear what I said? Saul was changed from what he used to be to what God wanted him to become And as I look at this story, man, it's so amazing, and it's filled with so many things that we need to apply to our life today. Man, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately things changed. Saul was a different person. And as I look at that example of Saul going from a person who hated the church and hated the whole movement of Christianity and wanted to destroy that to a person now on a hot pursuit to advance the kingdom of God. in our lives, our own individual lives, can God really change us? I want to tell you, folks, if you have an encounter with God, if you get to a point to where you get saved, you're converted, born again, whatever, you have entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And therefore, we receive something that's very powerful, something that dwells inside of us, and guess what that is? That is the Holy Spirit. God lives inside of us now. Therefore, guess what? That is evidence. That is the reason why we should be different people. (laughs) If God is living inside of you and you were a heathen and you were far away from God and you hated the things of God and you were a persecutor of God's church and you mocked God, I want to tell you, you should be a different person. (laughs) Amen. And as we look at Saul's life, man, he was radically changed. I mean, everything changed from him, man. His heart, his view, and his example, everything began to change for Saul. Man, when we cross that bridge and we make that decision, God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to live in our life. We receive the Holy Spirit, and now he begins to dwell in us. Therefore, guess what? Shouldn't we be different? <laughs> Shouldn't we really be different people? And I don't know what your story is. Maybe, man, you were raised in the church and this is all you know. And maybe you were a a young child and you gave your heart to the Lord and you don't even really remember that commitment and that decision you made. It just kind of happened. But maybe, man, you were like me where you had that Damascus Road experience, man. (laughs) To where you were broken (laughs) and you were lost and God came into your heart, man, and things begin to change. But do we really live that? Do we really believe that God can change us? I think a lot of people have kind of given up on holy living. (laughs) Amen. That we have convinced ourselves that I can't live the way God desires me to live. I try and I fail and I get up and I fall and i just keep on this process man i'm on this will and i keep i keep trying to live it man but i want to tell you god desires you to be a holy people if god is living inside of me guess what holiness has to come out god's nature god is dwelling inside of us friends and guess what we have to be a reflection of who he is that is great news That is great news for us, that's great news to the world to help us to be reminded that yes, God still changes lives. (laughs) These things in our life that sometimes, man, it takes a while to change, sometimes they change instantly, but I want to tell you, when we have a relationship and we enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ, this should be like night and day, man. (laughs) Because we were once living in darkness, but guess what, now we're living in light. We were once a child of Satan, but guess what? Now we are a child of the king. We were once dead in our transgressions, but guess what? Now we are alive in Jesus Christ. Whoo! And guess what? We just got to start living like that, church. We got to have that holy confidence that I'm a different person, man. That I am not the person that I used to be, and guess what? God's working in my heart, and there should be some immediate changes, I mean, some immediate changes. Instead of us using excuses that, man, God's still working on me. (laughs) Whoops, I I, I sinned again. (laughs) I want to tell you when God is living in your heart and in your life, that transformation is real. It should be obvious. Man, looking at Saul's life, man, I love this story. Saul had immediate changes and that were radical, and that were lasting. And was noticed and realized by others that once experienced his life before. <laughs> and We look in Acts 9.22. The crowd identified Saul as the one that was causing havoc and causing all kinds of issues in Jerusalem. And they were astonished at what they had witnessed because Saul now is preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. And in verse 26, Saul tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. (laughs) They recognized that this was Saul, the one that was persecuting the church. And guess what? Now he wants to join our group. (laughs) Man, he was trying to chase us down. He was trying to destroy our works. And guess what? Now he wants to be where we're at. And I want to tell you, man, when there's a change in your life so radical as Saul's, it ought to be noticed by others, (laughs) Man, there's got to be evidence that God is living in you, that you are changed. And some people will question it, depending on your past. <laughs> All my barroom buddies <laughs> don't believe that I am who I am today. All the people that I once used to hang around with that saw me before I had that relationship with Jesus Christ, itched their head and say, man... <laughs> what has happened to you? And I said, something great happened. <laughs> I got saved, man. <laughs> I found Jesus. I'm spirit-filled, and that change that God wants to do in the hearts of every man and woman, God did in my life. God still changes hearts. <laughs> he still changes lives. <laughs> in this group of people, man, that, that Saul had, had once tried to destroy, now sees this incredible change in Saul's life God changes us and makes us into a new creation I love 2 Corinthians five seventeen. it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old is gone and the new has come did you hear that and those are the words of Paul that we know that used to be Saul that anyone that's in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. It's already gone. And the new has come. And guess what? We just need to live it. Amen. There must be evidence in your life that you have changed. And there's so many ways that we can kind of measure this and so many ways we can look at this. There is something called the fruits of the Spirit. When God has deposited His Holy Spirit in you, guess what? There should be fruits of that deposit. (laughs) And I don't buy it when we make these subtle conversions. (laughs) People give their heart to the Lord, but there's no change. (laughs) There's no fruit. There's no renewing of who they are. There's no evidence that they've had that relationship with God i have to question that conversion because as i look at saul and i look at the individual life of uh, of what scripture tells us once we make it make that decision for for christ we receive the holy spirit guess what we begin to change (laughs) we are new creation in christ those old ways are gone and guess what the new is coming (laughs) And guess what the new is? That's the refining of who I will become in Jesus Christ. God can change us. And church, if the world's ever going to be redeemed, guess what? It's going to be redeemed through His church. And if we, not, we are not living our life in a way to where we begin to draw attention of those that are non believers by the way we live our life, it's going to be a long road to redeem the world, huh? <laughs> If they can't see the difference in God's church and in God's individual people, that we are different people, man, that we are changed, that God is living through our life, then whom will they see it in? (laughs) A lot of times, man, we act like we don't even know Christ. (laughs) We react the same way the world reacts. How many people were really nervous yesterday? I looked around and I walked into church earlier today, and I didn't see a lot of people, man. I started kind of, <laughs> man, did I, you know, did I miss it? Man, the economy is going down. Should the Christian re- react the same way the world reacts to that, or is God the one who provides for us? <laughs> the world is dark, and all the natural disasters and all the things that are going on around us, man, are. You know, are we in panic mode or are we really sensing the peace that truly passes all understanding because we know who our Redeemer is? We should act differently. You know, if somebody, for example, if somebody makes us mad, (laughs) who has road rage? (laughs) Come on, you confess that in the house of God. That's all right. (laughs) That's all right. I mean, there are some people that have driver's license, man. I don't know if they bought these things on the internet or what, but (laughs) somebody needs to tell them, man, they need to park that buggy. (laughs) And if you drive for any length of time, (laughs) you will be confronted with road rage. I mean, people that will just cut in front of you, man, you're trying to get over and they won't let you over and people that are going too slow, and people that are going too fast, and all these things, and they just make you upset, man. They make you angry. (laughs) And we have a choice to make. We can either respond as everybody else does, and, man, they cut us off. Guess what? We're going to cut them off. (laughs) Or they go too slow, and Man, guess what? We get a chance to pass it, but no, we're mad, so we drive beside them for two or three miles and keep looking at them and pointing at them and really trying to get them mad. Or do we respond as if God lives inside of us? Even behind the steering wheel. Because church, this is not something that we turn on and turn off. This is who we are. And if Christ is really living inside of me, I've made that decision to allow him to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I have to be different. I have to be different. And it's not me trying to be on my best behavior, because I tell you, I can be a fool. <laughs> I can't act good enough. But when God's inside of me, man, when God's dwelling inside of me and God is helping me to live out this life that he's put before me. Man, I'm going to shine. Not by my own strength, but by the strength and the power that God gives me. Man, I've got to keep this thing moving along. Man, this means I act different. I respond differently. My life is different than the non-believer. Life changes your identity. You go from being a sinner to a saint. You go from being dead to be made alive again. I look at Saul, Saul's life, man, and God changed his name back in, or in Acts, or Acts chapter 13. He changed his identity, and I don't know why that happened. I looked at some of the studies, and there were several ways. Maybe it was because Saul was a a Hebrew name, and, and Saul wanted to get away from his Jewish roots to go and really minister to the Gentiles, and he thought if he pressed a little bit more towards his Roman citizenship, that maybe he would be accepted to the Gentiles. So his name changed from Saul to Paul. Or maybe, just maybe, Saul's identity, his heart change, was so powerful that it changed his whole being, that he no longer wanted to be connected to that old person that he once was. He says, I got to get away from that old self, man. That always makes me concerned when I hear people that had the, the rough ride, man, the dark past, and you begin to talk to them about it, man, and they act like they enjoy it. <laughs> I want to tell you, friends, I want to get as far away from that life as I can. Not forgetting my testimony, not forgetting where God has brought me, but as far as that identify identifying me to that again. I don't want that, man. I want to be identified as a new creation in Christ. God wants to change us and help us become more like him. And guess what? We are responsible to allow that to happen. God had a choice to hear or to hear and obey what had happened to him on that road to Damascus. And you know why people don't really change? Because we don't want to. We don't want to. Saul was as far away from God as one could get. And guess what? He chose to just not hear, but he chose to obey. We have a responsibility as believers to allow God to change our hearts and to change our life. Church, you believe that today. That a lot of times we want to put all the pressure on God. Oh, God change me. Oh, God, help me to be the person you want me to be. But I want to tell you, God's done everything he can do to change you. Man, he's died for the world. He gave his life for the world. Man, he rose from the dead. He gave us his Holy Spirit. He's given us every way, man, to be different people. He doesn't withhold himself from us. Guess what? A lot of times we withhold ourselves from God. And if you give your all to God, I want to tell you, be prepared for change. (laughs) When you begin to open yourself up and you begin to allow God to see all the ugly and all the things that are in your life that maybe, man, you'll never share with anybody else, I want to tell you, God will begin to deal with that mess. Therefore, guess what? If you don't want to change, it's not God's fault. If you don't want to live like you have a relationship with him, guess what? It's not his fault. The ball's in your court. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? To know that God has truly given us a choice. God has given us a free will. And just as Saul chose to allow God to transform his life, to make him into that new creation, to change him to what he was. A person that would go and become a great missionary, man that would expand the territories of God. Why did God choose Saul out of all the people? Out of all the people that were far from God and people that's life was erect, and man, he was notorious for destroying the works of God, why did he choose Saul? Maybe he knew Saul would be willing to follow. Maybe he knew Saul was at a place in his life, man, to where he recognized that what he once was is no longer working. God had a better plan for him. And so it's our church, you know, it's our choice. We know God changes lives but can he change yours? We know God can change marriages, but, he, but can he change yours? We know that God breaks addictions and, and chains, but can he really break yours? And if he doesn't, guess what? It's because you won't allow him. God's still working, church. God is still on the throne. God is still changing lives. He's still redeeming the world. He still will go to anyone that will receive him, that will listen to him. But guess what? It's our responsibility to receive it or reject it. God is in a changing business, church. And I don't know where you're living at today or what your background is, but I want to tell you, man, if you're the same that you were last year, Man, if you're the same that you were when you made that decision for Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, something is wrong. <laughs> you should be different. God's Holy Spirit is inside of you. And guess what, man? You've got to have that confidence to believe that you are a different person now. <laughs> and you've got to begin to make choices, man, that you are a different person now. And you've got to begin to operate and begin to respond to things that you are now a child of God. It's accepting that identity of, hey, I'm a new creation. And you begin to act like it. That's good news, church. Nobody's too far gone. It doesn't matter how dark the world is or how messy one's life is. Guess what? God in an instant can change it. And that's powerful. And if you've experienced that today, guess what? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know what I'm saying is true. God changed Saul's life. Changed so many's lives, man. Think about Pastor Mac, man. Bring it home. Mac was an atheist. Wake up, Mac. I'm talking about you now, buddy. (laughs) I mean, Mac was an atheist. I mean, he was far away from God and his heart was hard. <laughs> and he was a selfish individual. Amen. But I want to tell you, I, I remember that, that experience. <laughs> I remember at a revival, man, where somehow somebody duked Mac into church, man. I don't know how that happened. But dur- during a revival, I remember right here, <laughs> he laid it down. Man, and he received the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, man, there was a glow in Mac's life. And it wasn't the shine from his head from the lights. (laughs) It was Jesus Christ living in him. And I want to tell you, Mac and Sylvia are probably the most giving, caring people, man, that I know now. And that's just not because they changed it on their own, but because God has helped them become that new creation in Christ. Saul, man, is somebody we read about. Mac is somebody we experience and somebody we love, and we know it's real. I think about my own personal life and my testimony of a 21-year-old kid, man, in a, in a living room listening to a crazy-haired preacher, man. <laughs> and I remember them saying, and I don't remember what the message was, but I remember the call, and he said, man, if you don't know Jesus Christ today, man, you need to pray this prayer. And I meant it with every being of who I was. I mean, I meant it. I was rock bottom, man. I was at the end of myself. And I said, God, if you're real, come into my life and change me. And I want to tell you, radical changes. (laughs) Somebody that was once an alcoholic, (laughs) those chains were broken. (laughs) Somebody that was once addicted to drugs, I want to tell you, I never used another drug from that moment on to where I'm at now. My mind began to change the thing that I once desired. I began to hate, and instantly God changed me. And I know that doesn't really line up with our sanctification experience of a second work of grace, but, man, I got to a point to where I got converted and sanctified in all one experience. And God's Holy Spirit dwelled inside of me, man. And he gave me a newfound confidence, man, that I didn't have on my own. Can God really change us? Absolutely. In church, we need to remind ourselves of that. God is working through our church. He's working through you. Maybe you're here today and maybe you're thinking, man, I don't really buy that. I've been in the church a long time and I'm still struggling with the same things I've always struggled with. I want to tell you, the only only reason you're struggling with it is because of you, not because of God. Glory, will you come up with us? Will you stand with me this morning church? I want to give you an opportunity today to respond I believe in God's word